Hey guys, what's up? It's Faith from faithmariah.com. Welcome back to another episode of my Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. This episode was originally a Q&A that I recorded in my Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. I hope you enjoy it. If you have questions for me, please come join the Facebook group. I would love to have you in there. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help answer any questions that you have. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hi, EBA. I asked you guys to ask me questions on a thread, so let me just pull that up so I can answer everybody's questions. Let's see. Okay, first question. What was the thing that really turned your blog from making no income to make full-time income? I listened to your podcast, and you said that you were making no income, and then three weeks later, you started making enough money to quit your job. What was the trigger? Thank you. Okay, Isabella. It's a few different things, right? So, Some of you guys have heard me tell this story before, but I was like making no money, no money. And I tell this story a lot because I I always say like I almost quit like five minutes before the miracle because I was like really about to give up. I was like, this blogging thing is a is a never going to work. This Ruth Sukup has scammed me (laughs) and it's never going to happen. And I was thinking really seriously about like wanting to quit. Like I wasn't actually going to quit, but I was like really mentally struggling with if it was ever going to work. Like I was just walking in a lot of doubt. And during that time was my website took off. And what happened was it went from make, having like, I don't know, like 20,000 page views to like 80,000 page views a month. And then there's a couple things that happened when that happened, right? So I had already in place when that happened, um, an email, an opt-in that converted, like people came onto my website, you know, it converted well, so they were getting on my list. And then I had a funnel set up that sold a product that converted. And so, you know, once you have something that converts, it's just a matter of getting people to it, right? So I already had stuff that, you know, my audience liked and, and it worked, right? So once the page views went up, that's why my income grew so significantly so fast, right? And that makes a lot of sense because you're getting 20,000 page views to 80,000 page views. It's like, you know, four times as much or whatever. So that's kind of what happened. The other tip I'll give you guys is you want to make sure you're, as you're like creating content, you want to make content and opt-ins that are going to feed people into your products. People that would want to buy your products would want your opt-in and would read your posts. Does that make sense? So if I am making a course, like my course is about depression and anxiety and self-care. It's like a mental health, like self-care plan. And it walks you through all the steps of of making a plan for yourself and making a plan to like improve your mental health, right? So if that's my product, my opt-in needs to be something related to that. So I'm not going to do an opt-in about laundry, right? I'm not going to do an opt-in about like cleaning the house. I'm not going to do an opt-in about... I don't know what the heck ever you don't want you want to be as specific and narrow as possible right so all of my opt-ins and all of my posts were specifically targeting people with depression and anxiety and then i made a product specifically targeting depression and anxiety does that make sense so you know the better your stuff is going to convert the more it's related and i know a lot of people blog about different topics and stuff but you want to think about what you're going to want to sell later on and then what would those people want for free from you right so i have like depression checklists and journal prompts and anxiety prompts stuff that is related to mental health because my products i sell are for people that are struggling with mental health right i'm not going to put an opt-in on my site that's like i don't know like 
10 tips for parenting or dressing your dog or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Does that make sense? So that's the tip I would give you as far as that goes. Um, looking forward to your suggestions. Can you explain free resource libraries? I understand how to set up a password protected page in WordPress, but do you set it up to access the library with a landing page? I hope I'm making sense. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you guys how mine is set up, but I don't like by any means like claim to have the best way to do it, right? This is just the way, probably someone told me to do it this way at some point, and that's how it's always been, and I, I'm not gonna change it now, right? Because I have so much stuff linked to it. On mine, I have, a page, not a blog post, but an actual page. It's linked in my header, right? It's like it's like freebies, and then it has a drop-down menu, and then it's like I think resource library, right? And they when you click on that link, it opens the page, and the page has a form from ConvertKit, right? And it's like, hey, want like access to my I don't know library or resources or whatever? Put your email address in, right? Because you want the point of having the library is to get the email addresses, right? <laughs> so, so it's basically a page with just a big form. You guys can go on my site and see like what I do. It's not, it's not a secret by any like means, you know? So I put the form on the page and it's like, hey, do you want access to the resource library? And then when they put their email address in, they get redirected to my tripwire, which pops up. And that, that page is like, hey, all of my freebies are here. You're welcome to take as many as you want. And also here's this like special deal for you if you're interested, you know, whatever. And then it also gets sent to their email. So, you know, the page pops up and it's like with a link right there, but then it also goes to their email that's like, hey, like here's your freebie that you opted in for and here's who I am and here's what I'm about and da 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 da. Does that make sense? So that's how I do it. And then my actual resource library is not password protected because I got annoyed about people emailing me and asking for the password. And if you guys know me at all, I do literally everything in all of my businesses myself, and I have to simplify things and lean things down to keep from hiring people to do kind of menial tasks. So I'm always kind of like trying to cut out, cut out things that I don't really need to be doing. And emailing people the password, I felt like was one of those things. So I, mine isn't password protected. It's just a website. It's not listed on my site anywhere. You can only get the link from the pop-up page or from the email, right? So it's not linked in Google or anything like that, but it's not password protected. Does that make sense? So to access it off of my site, it's literally like you have to put your email address in to get in there. That's that's just how I do it. And, and I do it that way just because that has had like the least amount of customer confusion. Tips for trusting your dog, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Okay. Uh, Paula says, I'm doing my first Facebook Live next week, and I plan on using my phone because I am demonstrating something with my hands, and I can flip the camera back and forth. Do you have any advice for me? When I practiced with something who was watching on the, their phone, the view was not right. I was horizontal with my phone, but their phone <laughs> would not rotate, so I would fill up the screen. Um, okay. I'm like the least tech savvy person like on the face of this earth, but I'll, I'll show you like what I do off of my phone when I go live. Like, you know, the thing with going live, I have like a little tripod guy, but I hold my phone this way. So I don't hold my phone this way. I think when you go live, you have to have your phone like this, right? Because, because phones are like made for you to hold this way, right? So I don't know why Facebook does that, but it doesn't rotate 
you have to hold it like the specific way. I know that there's no way to turn it. And I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think like when I go live, like, yeah, I just hold my phone like this. I'm just talking to my phone. <laughs> so, so you're going to probably have to hold it this way and just be yourself, right? Just get online, be yourself. Don't worry. Don't be nervous. I used to be so scared to get on camera. I was like terrified to ever be on video. I didn't even have my picture on my website. And now I go live all the time. It's not even a big deal. So once you do it, it gets way less scary. It's like that first handful of times it, it is so scary and it's so hard. And I know it feels like, you know, I would see people doing Facebook live and I would be like, I could never do that. There's no way I would ever be on, on camera. There's just no way. And now it's like, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. I go live all the time. I have things to say, right? <laughs> I have things to say. I have people help. I have stuff to do. I don't have time for like fear and doubt and all that stuff. Right. So, and once it does get easier, right. The more you do it, like, just know, like, the thing with, like, blogging, right, is, like, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I remember when I started my blog, I would just tell myself all the time, I was, like, my dream life of being a full-time blogger and getting out of this job that I hate and working for myself and doing something I pas I'm passionate about is here. And I'm here. And the only thing between, between us is, like, the willingness to do the work and be uncomfortable and just do the things that you have to do, right? Just do the work and be uncomfortable. And I was, like, you know there was just nothing that was going to stop me. And that was how I drove myself through that, that time of being uncomfortable. So you have to find something that's like a dangling carrot kind of in front of yourself sometimes that will make you be willing to be uncomfortable. And then just know that it's not going to be like that forever. Like once you go live, even probably after the first time, it's like significantly less scary. And then, you know, the more you do it, the less scary it gets. I hope that helps, but yeah, don't be nervous. Just get online, be yourself. You know, if you can't figure out your phone or you mess with your phone, like, don't worry about it. Like, stuff happens when you're live, right? Like, you know, my dog is here right now. He might bark. Like, someone could come to the door. Like, I don't know. I did a live the other day and my family was here. And I have a loud family. Does anyone else have a loud family? You know, I told them, like, I'm doing a live video. Like, please don't. And it's still like, you know, they're still loud. They're still in the background. They're still coming in and out. But I don't let that bother me, right? I just tell my people the way I'm telling you right now. I'm like, my family is here. They're loud as heck like, sorry about it. Like, you know, and I just go on. So don't get tripped up. Like if things go wrong, if things aren't uh, planned, if you have a tech glitch, like it happens, right? Like you, I've been kicked off lives. Like, you know, your phone shuts down. People call you on your phone. <laughs> There's another tip for going live off of your phone. Make sure you have your, your notifications and your messages turned off on your phone because it's really annoying when you're trying to talk and the messages are coming up and then your like friends are texting you and you're like, God, like, I wish everyone would just stop it. It's just, it's really distracting. So just make sure all your stuff is turned off. How important do you think backlinks are to get domain authority? Has this helped your traffic? Barb, that's really, really, really important. I'm still working on Google traffic. I still don't get that much traffic from Google. Like I'm trying, right? <laughs> like my best, but my bulk of my traffic still comes from Pinterest, right? And you want traffic from multiple sources. And I feel like the two best places to get a significant amount of traffic is Google and Pinterest. So those that's where I am spending my energy, right? Because I want that traffic. Um, and it's free traffic too, which is amazing. If you can rank in Google, that's free traffic. You can rank in Pinterest, that's free traffic. Like that's, you know, such an incredible opportunity that we have. But my, so I'm still trying to get there is like what I'm saying. My, my Google traffic is not anything to write home about. And I'm not like an SEO expert by any stretch of the imagination. I did take stupid, simple SEO. And I do really recommend that course. And it gave me a really good strategy. And I feel like 
I know what to do going forward to actually start ranking in Google. But backlinks are huge. Like, you know, it's worth investing your time in because it does make a difference for domain authority, right? There's a lot of things about the Google algorithm that are not known, right? The Google algorithm is like this big mystery and there's always all this speculation about like Google likes this or Google likes that, but but a lot of it is unknown. A lot of it is speculation and people just, people's opinions or people's ideas and what they think Google likes because Google doesn't necessarily come out and say, you know, explicitly, this is what you do to rank, right? So there's a lot of things about the Google algorithm that are not known, but something that is known is like those sites that are ranking on the first page of Google have domain authority and the way they're getting domain authority is through backlinks. So that's like a big way you can build domain authority. So if you know, like you wanna get free traffic from Google and you need to be on the first page of Google and the, everybody on the first page of Google has domain authorities from backlinks, it's like, that's a pretty good indicator that that is something that they're weighing very heavily, right? Because that's something that's not known about Google. It's like, how much does each thing count for, right? How much does on-page SEO count against, you know, backlinks? And how much does this count against this? And that's where, like, all the speculation comes in, right? Because no one knows how the algorithm works except the people at Google, you know, that are paid to create the algorithm. But, yeah, I would say, like, spending time to get domain, like, backlinks is a great use of your time. You know, getting that amount of free traffic that's possible off of Google is, like, it's really, really powerful. So glad you got over that fear when we were here live for us today. Yeah, see, people need you. People need all of you to like get over your fear too and go live, right? It's like you have to show up for your people and, and say the things that you're you're called to say and do the things you're called to do, right? And we can't let fear stand in the way of that. Like that's how I always get through fears. Like I just connect to my mission, right? And when I connect to my mission, it's not about me, right? It's not about me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about me being scared or not scared. It's about... I have a message that I know can help people and it's my job, my responsibility to get that message into the world. And so when I think about it like that, it's not about like being scared or not scared, right? It's about like do the things to, to get the message out. And that's really, I mean, how I kind of drive through that fear. Can you talk about your writing process and how you keep up the motivation to keep on writing? Writing's not hard for me. It was hard at first, but the more I've done it, the easier it gets. And now it's like, I can sit down and bust out a blog post in like an hour if I'm really motivated. Some, some days it'll take me longer because honestly, I'm like messing around, right? I'm like listening to Spotify. I'm like, you know, talking on Skype. I'm like in the EBA Facebook group, you know, and I'll, I'm distracted. And so it takes me longer. But if I sit down and I'm like, I have stuff to do, I need to finish this. I can finish a whole blog post in an hour, like maybe, you know, maybe hour and a half by the time we do all the graphics and all the descriptions and, and schedule it in Pinterest and everything. But I, what works for me really well with the writing is that I, I have a schedule, right? I write every morning from six in the morning till nine in the morning, right? That's my schedule. So my butt is in this office every day at six and it, I sit in here and I write and I work on projects or I do whatever I have to do from six in the morning till nine in the morning. And I think, you know, it's not about getting up at six in the morning or not getting up at six in the morning, but it's about like showing up to this like a job. And people, you know, ask all the time, like how you find success online. And the real answer I really think is like, you have to treat this like a job, even when you're not getting paid, even when you're just starting out, you know, you don't get to go to work and be like, I don't feel like doing a project or doing my job, right? It's like you go to work and you have to do your work. And this is like that. It's not like you get to just write when you feel like it. This is your job. This is your business. Like you have to sit down and write. And you have to, it's not about 
like being inspired is great. And you guys know, like, I, I love being inspired. I love being creative and all these things. But there's an element of discipline that I think people forget about when they're doing these businesses. It's like, if you want this to be your job, you have to show up for it like a job. And that means you have to write every day. Like that's, <laughs> that's the job, right? I mean, you don't have to necessarily do it every day, but if you can do it every day, you should be like, you know, and you, it's not about just doing it when you feel like it or doing it when you're inspired. It's about like, this is my job. This is my business. I have to write, right. And having that level of discipline and the way I do it is like, I just do it at the same time every day and doing things on a schedule really, really helps me. I learned this like from, from my working out because I hate working out like more than, more than anything in the world. But if you guys, if you guys follow me online, you know, I struggle with depression with like clinical depression. Right. So I have to work out like, or I just like, spiral <laughs> downward into like a pit of despair. And so the way that I got myself to work out, I, I found like the most difficult part about working out was all the negotiation before I went to the gym, right? So every day I was like, like, maybe I maybe I'll go later, or maybe I'll go tomorrow, or I'll work out extra hard, you know, this other day, or maybe I'll do this, or maybe I'll just skip it, or maybe I'll go late tonight, or maybe I'll go, you know, whatever, like, it was just all this negotiation in my brain, like all day, <laughs> like before I went to the gym. And it's exhausting, right? So the way I like cut that out was like just got on a schedule. It was like I go to the gym every day at this time. I go to the gym every day at this time. It doesn't matter like what's going on. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't, it's just I go to the gym every day at this time. And that's it's just so much easier for me that way because I don't have to negotiate with my mind. It's like there's no there's no room to be indecisive. And writing is kind of like that, right? It's like I write every day at this time. Like my butt is in this office writing every day, you know, at this time. And there's no room for me to negotiate as far as like maybe I'll write the blog post later or maybe I'll write two blog posts this weekend or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that, right? It's like I write every day at this time. There's no room for negotiation. So I think with the writing stuff and just with the building a business in general stuff, you know, I, I love working inspired, but at the end of the day, this is a job and your job has to get done whether or not you feel like it, whether or not, you know, it just doesn't matter. You just have to have to have the discipline to do it. Um, let's see. I had a story on MSN and I didn't feel like it did a lot. Pinterest suspended me and won't give my account back. So Pinterest isn't an option anymore. Thanks for the hope with SEO. I'm finally starting to see my SEO working. Yeah, you guys, I will say, like, I know it's like frustrating with Pinterest and I've had my account suspended and they've told me flat out, even like, you're not going to get your account back. And I still got it back. Like, just keep emailing them because everyone I know that has gotten their account suspended, if you keep emailing them, you'll get your account back. Like, I don't know anyone that's just gotten their account taken away forever. And, you know, they even like, I even got an email like from them that was like, we're, we, we reviewed your account and we're not giving it back. Like, you know, and I still kept emailing them and I got it back, you know, so don't give up on that. And, and I know it's frustrating and people are freaked out that your account could get suspended. But at the end of the day, that is a massive amount of potential free traffic. It's too massive to ignore. It's too massive to let it, to just write it off um, because it's very, very powerful. And it's much, much, much easier to rank in Pinterest than it is in Google, in my opinion. So that's just something to think about, especially when you're starting out. When you're starting out, you know, Google's not even going to look at you probably the first year if you're online. Um, and that's just the reality, right? But Pinterest, you can rank in Pinterest. You can get traffic from Pinterest right away as long as you're working and doing all your things. You know, I recommend Jennifer's um, 
Pinterest launch playbook. It's really good. If you guys haven't bought it, you have to go get it. It's $27, I think. And it's just like, it's, it's the best strategy I think I've seen, like, and it's so affordable. So she should be charging way more money for that, but go grab it while it's $27. Cause it, it's really, really valuable. Um, my avatar is a young millennial mom who is at home most of the time and feels like she is missing out on many other things in life. My guess had been that healthy recipes is the most useful content to cheer her up. It's been my most popular content. I also talk a bit about self-care, fashion, and beauty to help her rediscover the fun and the meaning in her daily life, but it feels like guesswork. I want to write about this, but will my readers like it? Will it make them unsubscribe? Do you think this is the type of content I'm hitting the spot? I'm going to give some like weird advice to you guys. <laughs> I almost don't even want to say this because it's really contradictory to the blogging community. But I think people put too much focus on this idea of like, like, knowing your avatar and pinpointing your avatar and nailing your avatar. And I'll tell you why. And I know that this is like, I know that people are going to think, some people are going to think this is bad advice and that's fine. <laughs> so you like, you know, I don't claim to have everything figured out, but this is about like, this is about you and your message and you showing up as yourself and, and saying the things that you're called to say. It's not about them. It's not about like trying to make them not unsubscribe. Right. And the people that are drawn to that, to your energy, will follow you, right? The people that follow me online would follow me no matter what I was talking about because they follow me. They feel like they know me, especially the people that are like in my Instagram like stories and my Facebook group and like, you know, people connect with me. I connect with people online. So it's like, yeah, I'm serving a purpose and I'm serving a thing. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I could write about something completely different. And I don't even think my audience would really change that much because they're connecting with me. So yeah, it's important to know your avatar. I'm not saying like, don't know your avatar, right? Don't like twist what I'm saying. But the, in the blogging community, there's like all this like emphasis on like, know your reader, know your reader, know your reader. But it's really like, what are like, know yourself? Like, what are you here to say? Like, what are you here to do? Like what, you know, what's in your heart to say? Like, you know, that's what this is about to me. And the people that don't worry about people unsubscribing either. The people that unsubscribe can like go about their time. Like you're not for them. You're not for everyone. There's plenty of people on the internet that don't like me, right? I swear all the time. And I'm like talking about God knows what, right? And people don't, people don't like it. <laughs> That's fine, right? And you have to be able to stand in that and just be like, I'm going to show up as myself. I'm going to show up to serve. I'm going to show up to talk about the things that I'm called to talk about. And, you know, I'm going to show up to, to, to serve my reader, but don't get stuck in this, like, I have to nail it perfect. And sometimes the best way to figure it out is just to move forward, right? People spend a lot of time in this, this like research guessing phase of like, maybe my avatar likes this, or maybe my avatar likes that, or maybe this is the way, or maybe that is the way. And the truth is like, for you to figure all that out, you need momentum, you need to be going, you need to be working, right? So it's like, you know, when you start writing posts, like write some of those posts and if they don't do as well, it's like, that's not the way, <laughs> like they don't like that, you know, and then it's not guesswork. It's like, you know, that they, those posts don't do as well. You know, there's posts of mine that do really well. Like some of my best posts are journal prompt posts. So I'm going to write about journaling, like, because my people like that. Right. So it's not like I'm saying like, don't write to your audience. Right. I write to my audience, but I'm also like aware of, of myself. And if I want to say something, that I don't think is going to be popular. I don't think is going to do well, but I feel called to say it. I will still talk about it on the internet. And I think that that's important. So 
So like nail down your avatar, but also nail down yourself. Like what is your message? Like what is your core message? Like if you, I always think about it this way. I heard someone say this, I think on a podcast once, but they were like, if you were on the top of a building with a megaphone, with the whole world like under you, what would you have to say? What do you have to say to people? Like what have you learned in your life that you can say to other people that will help them? Like that's, you know, what this is about is like, if you can help a lot of people, you can make a lot of money. Like you can be successful, but you've got to be able to help people. You have to be able to have some type of service like to offer them, right? They need a reason to follow you. You need to be able to help them. So it's like, what is your message? What are you here to say? What are you here to do? What's your core, core message in your heart, right? And that, and then make your content from that place. And there's a different energy. I, this is like a spiritual thing, right? But I believe that people can feel our energy online. Like you guys can feel from me, I'm here to serve you. I'm like not here to sell you anything. I'm just here to talk to you and help, right? And I, I believe people can feel that from me because that is my intention. Like that's always my intention, right? And when you show up and you write a blog post that's like, I have to get my message into the world. I have to help my people. You know, I know how these women feel, right? You know how your avatar feels. She's at home and she's lonely and she just feels like life is fucking oh, sorry, freaking <laughs> boring and bad. And life is like, you know, and it, it's like, you have to help her. Like you have to reach her. Like, what do you have to say to her? Right. And when you write a blog post from that spot of like, I have to help my, my person, I have to reach this woman. And I know what it feels like. Right. Cause I'm sure you, it sounds like you've probably been that person, right. Where it's like, you're alone and, and you're at home and you feel isolated and you feel like life is boring. And like, you know, you need something to grab onto. Right. And you know what that feels like. And when you tap into that feeling and then you create content from there, it's much more compelling than if you sit down and you're like, I heard like closet organization is doing good on Pinterest. I'm going to write a post, right? It's like, you know, people can feel your energy and it's like, put your, your core message in your heart and your soul into your stuff. And I think you'll, you'll find a lot more success than worrying about getting the perfect title or the perfect post. And it's like, yeah, like I put some thought into that stuff, but it's also like, you can't let that stuff slow you down. If this nailing like your, your, your blog post and nailing your topic and getting everything perfect is slowing you down. It's, it's, it's not helping you. It's just not, you've got to be making a lot of content. You've got to be moving forward. Right. So, so think about like what's doing well and pay attention to what people like and, and keep in mind your avatar and keep in mind your core message. But at the end of the day, it's like, you gotta be making stuff. That's the job. Our job is making content. <laughs> it's like, you gotta be putting things out. If people spend too much time in this space of, I want my logo right, I want my colors right, I want my heading right, I want my perfect topics, I want my perfect categories. I remember before when I went through EBA, the first time I spent like a month picking my categories, like which blows my mind now, I would never spend more than like two seconds thinking about stuff like that. You know, and this is a business, and when we're business women, we have to make decisions, and we have to make them fast. That's like, you know, it's like be smart, but it's also like at the end of the day, you just have to pick something and go. So, you know, debating, doesn't serve you after a certain point. It's like, once you think about what there is to think about, it's like, you just have to make a choice and you just have to go and you'll figure it out. And you don't need to worry if you make, write a post and it doesn't do well. It's like, it happens to all of us. It still happens to me all the time. So it's, it's not a big deal. Okay, let me go through some of these questions over here. I hope that helps. I feel like I yelled at you a little bit, but <laughs> I mean it like as a, I get like, passionate right but I'm not like yelling at you like I totally understand where you're at um let's see 
Would love to hear your best tips on affiliate marketing and growing your list. I'm at 500 subscribers and gaining about 90 to 100 a month. Would love to gain more quickly. Okay, so email list. I'm sure like a lot of people on here want to grow their email list, right? So there's only a few ways to grow your email list, right? So you can get more traffic. If you get more traffic onto your site, you're gonna get more people that subscribe, right? But that's hard to control. Like traffic goes up and down. Mine went down like today for no reason. I was like, what the heck? Like, you know, but that's traffic. Traffic goes up and down, right? And it's, it's. I mean, you can control it to like an extent, but to another extent, it's like we're on this ride, right? Like it just, it fluctuates. It's just what how it is. So there's, you can get more traffic on your page and I will get you more email subscribers. The things that are easier to control to get more email subscribers are are making changing your conversion rates. So if you can make a new opt-in that converts at 2% instead of 1%, you just doubled your email list, right? So that kind of stuff, messing with that kind of stuff, um, you know, looking at maybe unsubscribes, I don't know, but there's not a lot of variables you can control. You can get more people onto the page and you can get make your opt-in convert higher. Those are like the only, there's only so many leverage points, right? There's only so many valves. You can make more forms, you can put more, I just put a hello bar on my site um, and that's been doing really well. You can try to put more forms or change the location of your forms. You can try and change what your forms look like, right? You're just trying to get more people to opt in, right? So you, there's only so many leverage points. There's like, you can try and get more traffic, you know, which you might need more traffic. I don't know what your traffic is, but going after traffic, like will help your, you grow your email list, right? It just will. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you can get more traffic or you can get more people to opt in when they come to your site. So you can try different opt-ins. You can try different forms. I do this all the time where I'm just like, you know, all <laughs> I did it like last week. I was like, I'm going to make all new graphics and see if it, if it converts better, right? If people opt in more and they did it, they like the old one, my old ugly graphic better. I don't know why, but that one converts better, you know, and you can see the stats, you know, on your, on your email provider, on your forms, you'll be able to see like at what rate they're opting in. And so after a week I was like, you know, I changed it back. So I still am messing with this stuff, right? It's not like you ever like get it perfect. You're always trying to like get your conversion rate higher. And like I said, I put the hello bar back on my site too. Cause, um, that was something I used to do and I, I stopped for some reason. I think when I switched to ConvertKit anyway, but yeah, those are kind of the leverage points, right? So, you know, you can try making a new opt-in. You can try making, you know, I, I made probably 200 opt-ins, honestly, you know, I have so many worksheets and journals and stuff and it, it's because I'm trying to find something, especially when I was starting out, I was trying to find something that would convert high. Right. And now I kind of know like what works and what doesn't work because I made literally hundreds of opt-ins. <laughs> so you can make a different opt-in, you know, make a different PDF. Canva has really nice templates for making worksheets. This is how I do it because I can't do graphic design to like save my life. Right. Everything I make in graphic design is like but ugly, <laughs> really bad. So I go, I like literally every time I make a worksheet or an opt-in, I Google <laughs> this is like almost embarrassing to admit. This is literally what I do. I Google Canva templates <laughs> and I hit search and then it comes up and there's like this really nice page and you can select worksheets. It has literally like a hundred and something worksheets that are already done. And all you have to do is like, I change it. I put my brand color on it, right? I put my website at the bottom, but it's laid out. Like those worksheets are already laid out for you. My mental health planner I have, that is my, my best opt-in by far, right? If you go on my website, you can see it. 
but that came from a tamp like a template in Canva. I didn't even make it. It's just like was already done. And I changed the like headers, right? So you know, it's a mental health planner. So it has like affirmations and like, you know, stuff like that for people with mental health, but all of the boxes and all of the stuff were already laid out. All I did was like change my colors and like change the heading. And so you can make a lot of opt-ins that way really easily, right? You can make a checklist. It's already done for you. Just put the stuff in there, right? And then save it as a PDF and then upload it on your thing. So yeah, make different opt-ins, make different forms, put more forms on your site, get more traffic that's kind of like all of the leverage points there are. Like there's not like any secret to getting people to subscribe and like stock people that you know are doing well. Like, the, <laughs> like look at people's bloggers websites. Like I look at people all the time and they're not in my niche or anything, but I know that they're successful and I'm like, I wanna see what they're doing and what's working for them, right? If I know that they're finding success in this space, I'm curious, like, what does their welcome sequence look like? What does their tripwire look like? What does their stuff like go to people's sites and subscribe to their email and like get on their newsletter and start looking at it, not to copy their stuff, <laughs> but just to like, you know, it's helpful to see what works, right? And what's working for other people. And it can give you ideas of things you want to do on your site. I have a question about interviewing other bloggers for a podcast. How do I go about asking them and should I expect to pay them? Thanks. No, Lucretia, don't pay anybody to be on your podcast. Um, I wouldn't do that. I just, I just personally, I wouldn't do that and I wouldn't advise you to. So it's going to be more difficult for you to get guests when you're first starting out, right? So usually what you do, they call it like a pitch, right? You write a pitch, you write to the person that you want on their podcast. You need to personalize your pitch. I get pitches all the time, like for my podcast and other podcasts and, and like, you know, I, and there's so many that are just so generic. You really need to personalize your pitch and write to that person and tell them, you know, why you want them on their, sh on your show specifically. And it doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. Like people will tell you no, and that's fine, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Like if you ask a bunch of like people that, have bigger audiences than you, one of them might say yes, you don't know. So, you know, tell them if you write a compelling pitch to them, that's like, I really like your work. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm really passionate about X, Y, and Z. I'm, you know, I would love to have you on my podcast as a guest. It would mean like so, so much to me. You know, you can even offer to do a short interview with them, like any of their time that they're willing to give you, right? Um, so write like a customized pitch to them. And the more audience you get, the easier it is to start getting people on your podcast, right? So once you have a, an audience and you have people listening, then people are emailing you all the time to be on your podcast because they want to be in front of your, your audience. But when you're starting out, it's going to be more difficult to get guests. And I'll tell you like what I did. I So I grew my podcast. My podcast is not huge by any stretch of the imagination. It's like, I think I get like 5,000 downloads on there a month, which I think is pretty good because I don't really pay that much attention to the podcast. I just kind of do it for fun and it's, it's grown. And so I'm happy with that. Right. So if people email me to be on my show or whatever, now, now that I have that base. Right. But when I didn't, I just did episodes by myself. You just do episodes by yourself. You don't have to do interviews. You would be surprised how easy it is to, to talk about something and just get used to talking by yourself. I thought it was like the most cringy thing ever when I got my microphone and I was going to podcast and I was going to podcast by myself without interviewing people. And it just seemed like so cringy and so hard. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to talk like that whole time. Like no one's going to want to listen to me. 
And the podcast has been up now like more than a year and I get tons of like amazing feedback from it. People email me all the time that they love the podcast and they find me from the podcast and like, you know, it's really cool that way. So don't be scared to, to start, like start by yourself. And then once you get an audience built, then you can start reaching out to people to be on your podcast and on your show. And then the other thing I'll say is like, it's easier to pitch to people that are around your same size. So you want to be pitching to people, people are more likely to say yes, that are in your same kind of pond. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like, you kind of up level as you get more people, you can start reaching out to bigger and bigger people. Um, you know, and I'm for like taking the long shot, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, throw a Hail Mary pass out there and like, and ask your dream person, like the worst that happens is like, you don't hear back from them or they say no, and that's fine. Like who cares? Right. But you might get them. They might say yes. You don't know. You don't know unless you ask. So it's fine to like do those like long passes. Right. But it's also like more realistic to book guests that are kind of around the same size audience as you. And that's kind of for anything, right. For guest posting on blogs, for, if you want to do like Instagram contests or if you want to collaborate with anyone, it's usually more fair and kind of more likely to happen if you're with people that are around your same size audience. So I hope that helps. But those would be my tips. Like, you know, don't be afraid to be on your own, write personalized pitches. I hope that helps you. I wouldn't pay people to be on your podcast. I just personally don't, I personally wouldn't do that. I'm considering starting a podcast. Any pointers? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to tell you what I do for my podcast, but I'm not a podcasting expert. If any of you guys have listened to my podcast, it's like, you know, it literally has no introduction. You know how when you listen to a podcast, it's like music, like welcome to the blah, blah, blah podcast. My podcast has been up now for like over a year and has no introduction. It's just me talking. I'm like, hey guys, it's Faith. Like, I'm going to talk to you about this. <laughs> That's literally all it is. It's like the most basic, basic thing ever. Right. And I just sit down and it's, I don't even book guests on there because I don't have time. Like I was telling you guys earlier, like I run a very lean business because I do everything myself. And that means I cut fat wherever I can. And honestly, like I don't have the time to book people on my podcast. <laughs> I, just, I just straight up like don't have the time. So my podcast is just me by myself because I don't have time usually to schedule guests or to, tour, to like set that up and like whatever. So it's just me talking. It has no introduction. I'm not telling you guys to do this. This is not like the best way to do it. I'm just telling you what I did. And so then I use, I have like a $30 blue, I don't know what it's called, blue snowball, I think it might be called microphone. It's a $30 microphone I got off Amazon and I edit in Audacity, which is a free audio software that you can download <laughs> offline. And so I downloaded that. I literally Googled like how to edit in Audacity. I know how to basically like, if I need to cut something, I know how to do that. And that's about it. That's <laughs> so that is like my podcasting ability. So I'm not like a pod. I don't like claim to be a podcast expert by any stretch of the imagination. But what I'll say to you guys about this is like, and I just, I just did a podcast episode about this and it's better to get started sometimes. And even if you can't go all in, people have this idea that it's like, they should wait for the perfect time. And then you know, they're going to go all in, like, you know, and they're really going to dedicate all this time to the podcast. But like, it's the reality is like that time might not ever come. <laughs> and you just have to get started. Right. And, and I still haven't had time to go all in on this podcast. Like I really would someday like to have an actual real, like, nice professional podcast, right? I would love that. That would be, you know, the dream. But I don't have time to do that right now. So what I'm doing is I'm growing a base, right? So I have 
thousands of people subscribe to my podcast already. So when I do go to go all in, when I do go to like buy the microphone and make the introduction and start interviewing people and really start pushing the podcast, I already have momentum, right? I already have, you know, I have like, I don't know, like 60 something reviews on iTunes and I have people subscribe to the podcast and I have people listening to it and I have a little foundation I've built for myself just because I got started. Not because I'm like great at podcasting. It's just, I just got started. That's all I did. But if I had waited till I was like, you know, I'm going to invest all this time and money and like really go all in. And that's great if you can do that. But the reality is like, you know, do you want to start from nothing or do you want to start from, from a little base that you've built for, for yourself? And so I'm a really big advocate of like just starting and it doesn't have to be perfect as long as you're making content that's trying to help people. People like my podcast. Like, I'm, it's not like the most professional thing in the world. Like, you know, honestly, like I said, it doesn't even have an introduction. It's just me talking. <laughs> but people like it. And it doesn't take that much time for me to do that, right? It's one episode a week I've been doing for the last year. And now I have a little podcast base I've built for myself. So when I do want to grow that podcast, I already have that foundation already there. And I already have a lot more practice. Like I'm a lot better at talking on a podcast now because I've been podcasting every week for a year. Whereas if I had waited to start in the, till in the future, I wouldn't have any of that experience or any of that practice. And now it's like, you know, I know what I like my podcast to sound like. I know what I like to talk about. I know what I want it to be like someday when I do, you know, go to grow it or whatever. You know, I have a really clear idea and vision for it. But I wouldn't have had that vision and that clarity if I had just been waiting. Like, does that make sense? So I'm a big believer in like, just start what you have. I have a friend that like started her podcast on her phone. She just recorded it on her phone and like it ended up taking off and now she, it's doing really well. And so you, you don't have to have the perfect things. That's like my, but you know, take that with a grain of salt because I don't have the best podcast. So keep that in mind. <laughs> so it's a little disclaimer. <laughs> Um, Natasha says traffic, how to get more traffic and the right traffic, how to get more traffic and the right traffic. I am a big advocate of like Google and Pinterest. Those are the ways, like, that's just the way, like I want hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on my site someday, every month. Like I want, you know, lots and lots of people. And if you want hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on your site, Facebook's not going to do it. Instagram's not going to do it. All these social platforms, you can just as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, if your goal is getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on your site, you know, I love, I love Facebook and I love Instagram. If you guys follow me, you know, like I love social media. I love my group. I love my Instagram. I love, you know, all of my stuff and I love connecting with people online, but I, I don't get and make any money off of any of that. <laughs> I don't like get any traffic off of that. And if I had to lean down even more, if I, my time started getting even more crunched or whatever, the first things that I would hack out or Facebook and Instagram. So like, I think people get confused when they're starting because they think they're gonna go viral on Facebook. I don't know, but you're not gonna get consistent traffic from that. And then even if it does go viral, it goes viral and then it goes away. Whereas Pinterest and Google will give you traffic for a long time, like years. You know, I, get, I have this blog post that I did when I first started that was my first thing that ever went viral on Pinterest and it still brings me, you know, like a thousand people a day to my site years later, right? And so they're very, very powerful. I started on Pinterest. This is what I recommend people do. I started on Pinterest. Pinterest is easier to rank in than Google, I think, in my opinion. Like, this is all just my opinion, right? So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so I started on Pinterest. I went really, really hard on Pinterest. I really focused on a Pinterest strategy. 
Um, I used the one from Pinterest Traffic Avalanche, which is from Create and Go. But right now I really recommend Jennifer Maker's Pinterest Launch Playbook. I've taken like every freaking course on the internet. I, I'm like a course buying, like I just buy courses all the time. <laughs> it's like a pro it's actually like a problem. But I've taken so many Pinterest courses and honestly that Pinterest Launch Playbook, it has the stuff in it you need. It does. And it's laid out like it's, yeah, it's a book, an ebook. It's not like a course, but the information is there and it's laid out in such a way that it's really easy to follow. So, you know, get a strategy. It doesn't really even, you know, just get a strategy and stick to it, right? And be really diligent and put the time into building a good Pinterest account. And then once you feel like, you know, this is like learning to juggle, like you, you have to be able to kind of keep the balls in the air or whatever. And then you can add in another thing and it gets easier and easier as you go. And then you have like more stuff. Like I would not have been able to do, like now I have the podcast. I do Instagram story every day. I do my Facebook group. I do a blog post almost every single day. You know, I do Pinterest, whatever. I do all these things, but I would have never been able to do that when I started, right? It's just, I've been adding on things as I've gotten better and more efficient. So work at Pinterest until you feel like you got a handle on it and then start learning SEO. And in my opinion, like you need to know how to do both things. You need to know how to get traffic from Pinterest and you need to know SEO. You do not want all of your traffic coming from one source, right? Pinterest suspends your account. The Google algorithm changes. Like, yeah, Google, people are like, Pinterest is so unstable. Google's more stable and it is, but it's also like people have lost traffic off of Google too. Like that's just the reality and Google changes their algorithm too. So things change. We're in the internet. We're in a very, very just unstable environment. And that's just the, the game that we play, right? You have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to not let that scare you and not let that slow you down. You have to just decide that you're going to make it and decide you're going to be successful. And we don't have time to worry about things we don't control, right? Like I don't have time to worry about what happens if Pinterest suspends my account? What happens if Google changes the algorithm? What happens if this, what happens if that? I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. We have work to do. We have lives to change. We have things, you know what I mean? It's like you have too much good to do in this world to be sitting around worrying about the Pinterest algorithm, but you just don't have time for it. You know, you're trying to build a business. I'm sure like, you know, a lot of you want to be able to stay home with your kids and stay home with your families. And like, you know, you want to be able to help people and your readers need you and all these people need you to show up in this business. And so you do not have time to sit around worrying about the algorithm, right? I literally never worry about that. And you'll see like a lot of fear mongering that happens in Facebook groups too, where it's like the algorithm's changing, everything's different. Pinterest is going down. Pinterest is taking people's accounts away. Like all this fear, you know, and it's kind of like watching the news. Like if you watch the news, you're like, man, the world is so dark and sad and awful, right? But really like the reality for most of us is our lives are pretty lovely and we, are very blessed and we get to spend pe time with people that we love and we get to live, you know, hopefully somewhere that's like nice and like relatively comfortable. And, you know, we have a lot and our lives are pretty good. But if you watch the news, you're like, man, like everything is awful. Right. And it's kind of like that in Facebook groups. You're like, oh man, like, you know, Pinterest is terrible or Google is terrible. All this stuff is awful. And it's like, you know, it is or it isn't like, it's just your perspective. Like, you know, None of that is true. Pinterest is great for bloggers. Pinterest is terrible for bloggers. That's just an opinion, right? It's not a fact. So it's like, what opinion is going to help you build your business? Thinking that Pinterest, you know, is, is the devil and they're going to take your site away and everything bad is going to happen. It's not going to help you build your business. It's going to slow you down. So, you know, I always try to pick, I always try and like question my beliefs and what I'm thinking. And I always try to, to, 
program my brain to be believing things that are going to give me momentum, that are going to help me get my message out, that are going to help me do more good in this world, right? And I'm always trying to focus on the positive and not let myself walk in doubt and not let myself walk in fear, right? I don't even know why I was talking about this. I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> oh, traffic. <laughs> get more traffic. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, right, Google and Pinterest, I mean, those are the ways to get big traffic on your site that I know of. I don't know of any other ways to get big traffic. And they're both big topics. Like, I can't teach you how to do that on a live. You need, you need to take a Pinterest course and you need to take an SEO course and you need to know how to do both things. Like that's my opinion, right? Because if you have traffic coming in from two places, it doesn't matter so much if Google changes the algorithm or Pinterest goes down because you still have the other one. So like your business still goes on and you'll take a hit, but it's not like the end of the world, right? It's like you're still afloat. If all your traffic is coming from Google or all of your traffic is coming from Pinterest and something happens, it's like your business is gone. So you don't want to do that. You want to have multiple streams. Like people are always like multiple revenue streams, right? You want to have multiple traffic streams. <laughs> okay. I'm interested in starting a podcast. My question is, how did you grow your podcast? I feel like I talked about this. How did you grow your podcast traffic listeners? Are there some tips you could share? I still have a relatively new blog and mailing list, so I'm wondering if I should wait until everything is bigger or go for it now. Thanks. Andrea, my answer is like, always go now. Like, always go now. Like, wait, this idea of like, you know, I already talked about this a little, but the idea of like waiting for like the perfect time or a bigger audience is like, for what? Like, why? <laughs> it's like, you know, you could be starting now and getting experience now and getting subscribers now to your podcast. So why would you not be doing that? And it's good experience for you. It's gonna help you figure out what you wanna do. You know, it's going to help you. I love my podcast so much. It's honestly one of the best things I ever did. And when I started it, I was like really unsure about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know about this. And now I just, I really love it. And it's, it's really helped me connect with people on the internet. I've loved, like, I've done a few interviews, not a lot, but I've done a few interviews um, with people. And actually now I had uh, Lauren Elise Love, who runs a coaching business on my podcast. And now she's a client of mine. And I work like with her all the time. And she's like one of my like dear, dear friends now. So, and I met her because of the podcast because I invited her to be on my podcast and she came on and she told her story about depression. But, you know, interviewing people on a podcast is such a great way to connect because even if you collab with your blog, you're still just behind your screen. Whereas when you podcast interview, usually you're on video chat and you talk for like an hour and it's great. It's a great way to like you know, she was someone I admired, right? I got to interview Ruth, like someone I really admire and like just sit down and talk to her for an hour. So it's been really cool for me in that way. And I just, I don't know, I just really like doing it. So I really advise you guys, if you think you want to start a podcast, just start, like just start doing it. People didn't listen to mine for the first, like, I don't even know how long. It doesn't matter, right? It's like, you have to be able to be willing to go through this time of no one listening to you and no one paying attention to you. It's just how it is. And it's like that on every platform, right? When I moved to Instagram, no one was watching my stories. When I started my blog, no one was reading my blog. When I started my podcast, no one was listening to my podcast. And you have to be willing to go through this time of kind of like not a lot happening and nothing and know that eventually it will pay out in the future. And that's why people like can't make it. People quit is because they can't stand that, that, that time of like, of just, you have to be able to believe like in your heart and in your soul that all of this work you're doing is going to come back to you, but know that you're not going to see it right away. <laughs> like you're not going to see it right away. You know, I have people listening to my podcast now, but they weren't last year when I launched it, you know, it's taken me time to like put out episodes and, 
and to build an audience or whatever, but you have to be willing to kind of talk to no one. Does that make sense? So I'm a big advocate of like, just start now, you know, even if you got a hundred subscribers to your podcast, like, wouldn't you rather start with a hundred people subscribe that listen to you every week than start from nothing? Like, you know, wouldn't you rather have five or 10 reviews up already? Like, you know, why would you not start now? You're not going to gain anything by waiting. And people do this, like people use this to procrastinate this. Like, I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but people use this to procrastinate. And if you're on here and you're doing this, you know who you are. <laughs> like, people do this thing where they're like, they're like, I'm going to, it's like the thing where the people are like, oh, once my kids go to college, I'm going to live my life. Right. It's like someday I'll do the things I want to do. People do this in blogging, right. Where it's like, well, I'll start the podcast when I have this many, or I'll, I'll do this once this happens. And then they never do it. Right. Because someday never comes. Right. Someday is always like out in the future. And if someday is like out in the future, you don't have to be vulnerable and you don't have to be scared and you don't have to talk to no one and you don't have to be uncomfortable because someday is in the future. Right. But someday needs to be now, you guys. You guys need to be doing those things. And the things that are scary and the things that are hard and the things that you really don't want to do are always the things that will take your business to the next level. It just is. It just I don't know how it works, but it, it, I swear to you it works. Like, you know, once I started getting on camera and I put my picture on my blog and I started telling my story, right? And I got online and I started telling my truth, which was the last thing I wanted to do when I started the blog. My blog used to just be anonymous tips and tricks about depression. It wasn't about me at all. I didn't have my picture on there, nothing about me on there at all. You know, but once I got on there and I was vulnerable and I did the things I didn't want to do, you know, I got on camera. I started going on Snapchat every day. I started, you know, talking about things that had happened in my life that were hard to talk about. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I started sharing my truth, right, in a really authentic way. And that got my business to the next level. And a lot of times these things that we're putting off for some day are the things you need to be doing now to get where you want to go. Does that make sense? So that's just something to think about. You know, maybe your podcast is going to be the thing that that catalysts you, you know, to the next level that that pushes you over the edge where you start making full time income. You just never know where it's going to come from or what what's going to do it. So and the more, more ways you can serve people, the better off you are. So that makes sense. So, you know, I just, I love my podcast so much because it's just, it really is just me serving my people every week. It's just me like giving them a little bit of love and a little pep talk every week. That's all it is. And it's just a way that I can serve them and help them. Hi, Faith. I'd love to hear some of your traffic building tips. I'm stuck right at that 20K sessions a month for about a year and I'm trying to reach Mediavine. I feel so close, but so far, let me give you guys a, another like weird tip. <laughs> I applied for Mediavine and AdThrive before I had the numbers. <laughs> like I like literally emailed them, <laughs> I did this with both of them. I emailed Mediavine and don't tell them I'm telling you guys this. <laughs> I don't know. This is probably not great advice, but I, it worked, right? I emailed them before. I think you're supposed to have like 30,000 sessions I don't remember what it is, but whatever the, the minimum was, I did not have when I started to Mediavine. I literally emailed them and I was like, hey, I'm growing a blog. You know, it is growing and and every month I'm getting more traffic and whatever, whatever. Like, can I please come to Mediavine basically is like what it said, right? And they let me in. They let me in before I had the threshold. And then I did the same thing when I moved to AdDrive. Um, I didn't have 100,000 page views a month when I moved to AdThrive. I emailed them and I asked them and I was like, hey, like, this is my site. This is who I am. This is what I do. You know, can I come to AdDrive? <laughs> so I don't know. That might not be great advice, but 
if you have 20,000, email them and they might be like, hey, yeah, well, once you hit this number, you know, you can apply. Um, I don't know what else to tell you guys about traffic. My advice really is to, to take a Pinterest course and take an SEO course. That's where your traffic comes from, right? Unless there's like some other source of traffic I'm not aware of. But traffic and then make here's a good here's something else make a lot of content this is like this is really how i got my traffic fast i think and how i got success fast i wrote a crap ton of blog posts i wrote a blog post every day maybe a lot of times even twice a day like and i still do that i write a lot of content and i'll tell you why like the reason i do that is because you know, some of it hits and some of it doesn't. And I, it just, to me, is like a numbers game. It's like, you need a certain amount of posts to drive the traffic. You need a certain amount of posts. You know, the more stuff you have floating around out there, like the more likely one of them is to catch is basically my, my strategy. And so, especially my first year, you know, now it's like, I try to write a blog post a day, but if I don't, it's like no big deal. I don't, I don't worry about it. Um, but then it was like, yeah, I wrote a blog post a day. Like, and on the weekends, I wrote two a day, you know, and I was really aware that I needed a bulk amount of content to start getting traffic. If you don't have a lot of traffic, you know, making more content will help you. Like it gives you a, more opportunities to be on Google, more opportunities to be on Pinterest, more opportunities for things to go viral, you know, more ways to serve your people, all of that stuff. So a lot of this a lot of times when people ask about traffic, they don't have enough blog posts. And I always tell people like, just try to get to a hundred posts as quick as you can. <laughs> and it's not that hundred is a magic number. It's just that like, you need a, you need a bulk amount of content. There's no one getting hundreds of thousands of page views with like 12 blog posts or 20 blog posts, right? Most of the people you guys see online that are getting tons of traffic have a lot of posts. They have a lot of content or they started with a lot of content and they've weeded it you know, they've weeded it out. I did that with my site. Like I went back and like the stuff that didn't work and the stuff I didn't like, I went back and like took out eventually. So, you know, but that's, that's a, that's a good tip I would have for traffic. That's probably like, if I were going to tell you guys anything, like look at how many blog posts you have and try and double it and see if it doubles your traffic. You know, that's my strategy when I'm like, I want more traffic and my traffic is going down. I just start writing more posts. Like that's really the only thing I can, I can really do besides like, you know, I can keyword things and do all that stuff, but recipes have been my most popular posts, but I really don't see myself as a food blogger. I'd like to also write about things like self-care, beauty, relationships, and I feel like they'd help my avatar too. What do you think they would be a good ratio for incorporating such articles? Would two to one recipes lifestyle work? Thank you. Yeah, try it. Try it. You don't know until you try it, right? If you try if you start doing that and it doesn't work you can change like a lot of this is like there is no like answer to almost anything in this business like there's people that find success in so many different ways you know i have a friend that makes multiple six figures off of instagram she doesn't even have a website <laughs> you know what i mean there's so many different ways to to go about all of this but i will say like as you guys are building your businesses you need to think about like building a business that you love to run build a business that you love and are passionate about. If you do not want to be a food blogger, do not grow an audience on recipes. <laughs> like don't do it. <laughs> like just don't do it. <laughs> right. Because what happens if you do make it right. And it does all happen for you and you start making money and all this stuff. It's like, you have essentially a job that you don't like. 
<laughs> like you have, you're gonna have to write so many recipe posts because you're like known, you know what I mean? It's like your people are coming to you for recipes and finding you by recipes. And then you're kind of locked into this place of, of still having to make these recipe posts. So if, if you know you don't wanna do that, don't do it. You know, get people coming to you for other things. People will come to you for what you give them, right? People, you create the reality of your content, right? Like, I think a lot of times we think people perceive us a lot differently than they really do. It's like no one is sitting around thinking about us and our content the way we are, right? And if you give people something useful and it's helpful, you know, they're not going to care that it's not a recipe, right? They're not going to care because it's like you're you're helping them and you're you're solving a problem for them. Does that make sense? But doing this stuff, like making it online, you guys, takes a tremendous amount of work and time and dedication and effort and passion. And I do not do that and make a job that you hate out of it. You need to make a business you love to run and you need to picture it like five years from now, 10 years from now, what does it look like, right? And you want it to look like something you're excited to do and something you're happy to run, right? You don't want to make like, you know, don't want to start making six figures off of Instagram if you don't like Instagram, right? It's like, you're just essentially building another job that you hate, right? And the reason I started blogging, and I think probably a lot of reasons like a lot of us start blogging is like, you know, I wanted to like my job. <laughs> so keep that in mind, like the things that you're doing now are, are your foundation for your future. And that you're building a foundation for a business and you're building a found and like, you're going to have to run that business, right? That's what I'm saying is like, you know, build a business that you love to run that you're excited to run. And so sometimes these things that seem like shortcuts, it's like, yeah, maybe you can get a lot of traffic from a recipe, but all the, maybe all of those people are only interested in recipes and you don't really like doing recipes. It's like, is that really a shortcut? Is that really helping you? Right. Is that really like that helpful? You know, you want to get, build an audience and build people following you that like what you have to say. And there's people that will follow you no matter what your mission is, right? There's like that story of someone in EBA that has a whole like huge business off of like a succulent blog, right? And it's like, you can build it off of anything. People will follow you for what the content that you make, right? So make the content that you like to make. <laughs> And it's like what I was talking about earlier, too. It's like when you're passionate and you love what you're talking about and you are so excited to share, you know, with these women and you're so excited to share this information with them and, and you're so excited about this blog post and you're so proud of it and you put it out in the world, like with that energy, it's a lot different than like, frig, I have to like wake up and like write another blog post. Like I have to write another recipe post. Like, you know, it's Tuesday. I have to do my stupid recipe post. You know, people can tell the difference, I think. Like that's like a spiritual belief, right? Because I believe in like energy and all the woo-woo stuff. But I believe people can feel your energy online. Like, you know, so that's just something to keep in mind. Okay, I think I got through all your questions. I'm only four minutes over. <laughs> Okay, I hope this was helpful. You guys, my blog is RadicalTransformationProject.com. That's the blog I make, like, my money from. If you guys want to look at it, you can see what I do. It's not a secret, right? And you can see what other bloggers do. Like, go look at people's welcome emails. Like, go look at, you can see Ruth's welcome email. Like, what does she send her people? Like, you know, look at people's stuff. And then I have FaithMariah.com is where I have my blogging podcast, and my blogging Facebook group, I do Q&As in my Facebook group every week right now, which I don't know how long that'll last, but I've been really liking doing it. So if you want to come over there and ask me questions, you can.
you can find the link at faithmariah.com. And yeah, if you guys ever need me, I'm in the EBA group all the time. I really, really love the EBA group. I really feel like I'm so happy like with my life. To be honest with you guys, my life is so, so radically different than, than where it was. And, you know, EBA got me out of such a dark, sad, awful time in my life to what it is now. And the like immense gratitude I have for the life I have now is just so, so intense. And I, I feel like I owe a lot of that to this community because there were people, you know, that mentored me when I was going through EBA and there were people that helped me in the group and still help me in the group. Right. I, I was posting in there the other day. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do. I want to change my stuff. Uh, like, you know, and I go in there and, and people are so reassuring and nice and kind. And, you know, I'm always happy to help people in this group is what I'm saying. So if you want to ask me questions or you need me or whatever, you know, I'm available to help you because I want, I want massive success. I want to be massively successful in this business. And I want to take as many women as I can with me. I want us all to be massively successful. I want to see, I want to see more women running big businesses, making lots of money, providing for their people and living well and, and doing things they're passionate about. So that's what I want. So I'm always willing to help people just reach out to me and I hope you guys have a good day and I'll talk to you guys soon.